Good morning, everybody. I'm Lance, and I'm the worship pastor here, and I'm excited to be talking with you all this morning. Uh, We've been talking about the topic of success, and today we're talking about planting seeds of success. So success, it's one of those words that creates a picture in all of our minds. So when you hear of the word success or think of the concept of being successful, what, what do you think? You may think of fame or fortune, you may think nice cars or vacations, you know, other people might think of peace and quiet, time to themselves, time to themselves, or time with family and and close friends. Um, You know, you you may think you'll be successful once you lose some weight or once you start eating healthy, or maybe it's, it's reaching a point in time when you don't have to do all those things that you don't like doing, you know, cleaning the dishes, taking out the trash, if I could just get somebody else to do that stuff for me, I would be successful. Or if I can make enough money for someone else to, to pay someone else to do that for me, I would be successful. So given the, the time of the year, you have probably either come up with some New Year's resolutions or goals for yourself. And if not, you've definitely heard about other people's goals for the year. It's that time of year when we take whatever our vision of success is and try to make it a reality, try to actually put goals and, and resolutions to it so that it'll happen in the next year. And then looking back on the year, we, we often judge how well that year went based off of those goals and, and how we did. So looking back on 2018, how did you guys do? Probably for most, you're like me, there's a mixture of things. Some things I accomplished and some things I didn't accomplish that, that I wanted to. So we, we all have our definitions or, or visions of success, but God has the ultimate say on what success actually looks like. So last week, we, we looked at what success is according to God. It's about direction, not destination. So is my life pointed towards something that will last for all of eternity or something that's just temporary in this life? And then it's about progress, not a point in time. So am I, am I treating life as if it were a movie with the camera always rolling, or do I measure it by kind of just snapshots, points in time? And regardless of the past, whether good or bad, am I choosing to follow God right now? And then lastly is that it's custom, not common. So God has a path for all of us that's custom. He has not made cookie-cutter people to act like robots, all doing the same exact things. He has a different path for you than he has for me. Now, this is God's view of success. So am I following God, continually moving forward and in line with what God wants me to do, not what he wants someone else to do. So today we're going, we're, we're going to actually talk about how to do this, what actions we can take to determine if we're successful according to God. So Galatians 6, 7 through 8 says, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. The one who sows to please his sinful nature, from that nature will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. So first off, do not be deceived. So in other words, we can be deceived. Don't, don't be led astray. This means that, that we can wander from the truth. So we need to be intentionally rooted in truth and not straying from it. And then God cannot be mocked. So you can't change the reality that God has created. He is in control and running everything. Because of this, we need to take him very seriously. And a man reaps what he sows. So God has actually given us the choice in in what we sow. 
and the outcome, what we reap, will be based on what we sow, what, what we actually plant in. The, the type of seed that is planted de- determines what is grown. So literally in agriculture, if I, if I plant a strawberry seed, I expect strawberries to eventually grow from that seed. If I plant an apple seed, I expect an apple tree to eventually grow from that. I don't expect apples to grow from strawberry seeds. Now, this illustration of sowing, planting seed, and then reaping what is grown from that seed is is used to parallel with our actions. So what, what we choose to do in life, it determines the fruit of our life. The, the future, it's largely unknown to us, but this is actually a promise from God. He says, we will reap what we sow, good or bad. Now, often it takes a long time to see what was sown in someone's life, but over time you can actually begin to see the, the, the harvest in someone's life. But just like a, like a seed planted in the ground, it, it takes a while to actually see what, what fruit is coming up from that. The verse then goes on to explain that the two types of seeds that we can plant and what will be grown from those seeds. So we can either sow to please the sinful nature, and from that we reap destruction. And reaping destruction here, it means things that are subject to decay or ruin or corruption, basically something that will perish. Or we can sow to please the Spirit, and from that we reap eternal life. That is reaping what will last forever in this life and in the next life. So what we do is either going to perish with this life or have lasting effects in this life and beyond. There's only two possible outcomes, destruction or eternal life. There's no kind of partial destruction, partial eternal life type of outcome. It's, it's one or the other. And the way that we end up at a life of either perishable outcomes or lasting outcomes is determined by what we choose to give our lives to either pleasing our sinful nature or pleasing the Spirit. Now, the sinful nature is the the natural bent that's inside all of us. It's what we are all drawn towards. So the the desires of the sinful nature are wrong longings, things that are against what God desires. Ever since Adam and Eve um, originally sinned thousands of years ago, they opened up the door for sin to wreak havoc into this world. And now we are all naturally drawn towards sin. Now, my daughter, Annie, is uh, a little over one year old now, and uh, she's just, she's, she's been a joy to, to parent, and um, this is a picture of her right when she turned one. Uh, now that she has crossed the one-year mark, it's becoming more and more evident that she naturally does not want to say yes and be in agreement with what my wife and I think. She is increasingly using this face. And she's, she's becoming very fond of disagreeing and wanting things her way. Now, we, we have not taught her that at all. Now, we've actually tried to teach her quite the opposite of that. So that this is just the natural tendency that's inside all of us. We, we all hide it better than my one-year-old daughter does uh, because we've, we're, we're older. We've discovered some better tactics at getting what we want. But we can all relate to this desire towards being selfish, wanting things our way. This is our natural tendency. It's, it's as if we're on a conveyor belt and we're just standing on it. Without doing anything at all, we're drawn towards doing things that please the sinful nature. We just we keep on going that way. Now, on the other hand is the Spirit. It's, it's the actual Spirit of God. Whenever you see that the capital S in the word Spirit in the Bible, it's referring to the Holy Spirit. 
So his role is to implement the will of God the Father. He is the power of God at work in us personally. Now, there is no way that you can please both the sinful nature and the spirit, so you have to make a choice. When you're at the end of your life, do you want to look back and realize that your time and effort went into doing things that had no lasting impact? Or do you want to be satisfied that you worked hard in this life to do things that would last for all of eternity? God has given us that choice. Am I going to please God or am I going to do what I want? Now, most people, when given the choice to do something that will lead towards destruction versus lead towards eternal life, I think they would choose the eternal life option. So that means we, we need to figure out how to live to, to please the Spirit. We have to get off of the conveyor belt that's, that's taking us towards sin and intentionally move to a different way of life. So to live by the Spirit, it means to continuously live in the realm of the Holy Spirit's desires and resources. It's not some kind of fluffy, magical thing, but it's actually a way of life that takes effort and intentionality. So I, I want to take a look at four ways that you and I can be intentional to live by the Spirit. These are four seeds that you and I can plant in 2019 that will grow over time into a life that pleases the Spirit and is eternal in scope. So seed number one is to apply the Bible to your life. Now, the Bible is the language of the Holy Spirit. It, it contains the words that God has chosen to give us, but it's not meant to simply be read and admired. It's actually designed to be applied to our lives. So James 1, through 24 says, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. So don't just say, oh, that's such a beautiful verse, as if it were just poetry, or wow, that would be a great thing to apply, but then don't do anything with it. Actually do it. Do what it says. It goes on to say, anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in a mirror, and after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. So back in high school, uh, I used to sleep uh, with blankets and pillows all around my head. My room was, was in the garage, so it got pretty cold. Um, and plus, I, I had fans blowing on me. I really liked fans. So I was, it was a very uh, interesting scene. I had blankets and pillows. I was just a, a little blanket pillow cocoon. Um, I also had longer hair back then, since that was cool. Um, and I must have slept kind of slightly moving my head because every time I'd wake up, I'd wake up just with this massive fuzzball on the, on the back of my head. It was just huge. So every morning I would get up, I'd, I'd look in the mirror, and I'd see this peacock on the back of my head, and I knew I had to get it in line before going out into public. Or at least I had to cover it up. I had to put a beanie on or put a hat on or something. Now, we, we all do this. We all look at a mirror and make adjustments to ourselves. Now, the, the Bible is to be treated in, in much the same way. It's to be treated like a mirror. That every time you read it, you measure yourself up to it and see where you stand. If it says to do something that you're not currently doing, then start doing that thing. If it, if it says to not do something that you are doing, then stop doing that thing. James 1.25, the very next verse, it says, But the man who looks intently, so that is to look carefully, to, to inspect, into the perfect law that gives freedom, that's talking about the, the Bible there, and continues to do this, so not just every once in a while or when I'm in a pickle, but uh, that there's, there's an actual pattern of this. 
not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. So the Holy Spirit, he actually uses the words that have already been said in the Bible to help us live how he desires us to live, not how we naturally want to live. Now, notice the result of doing what this verse says. It says, he will be blessed in what he does. That is success, according to God. You will be blessed in what you do, your actions and your deeds, if you put God's word into practice. Now, beyond reading and studying the Bible to help you apply, I would actually encourage you to to memorize God's word. Um, Often, I don't have my Bible in front of me uh, when I really need it, when I'm facing a situation throughout the day. And even if I did, I wouldn't know which verse to, to, to turn to, which page to go to. So having God's words in my mind, it, it's just been so helpful um, for the, the Holy Spirit to actually be able to, to speak to me when, when I really need it. Now, this, this past summer, I was driving up to Big Bear with my wife. We were on a little vacation, and uh, we were talking about a decision that we were facing. And as we were talking about it, I realized that really our only consideration up to that point was what other people would think about our decision. We hadn't actually been considering God in our discussion at all. So a verse kind of popped in my head as we were talking. Um, it was one I'd been um, just starting to, to, to memorize. So it, it's Galatians 6, 4 through 5, and it says, Each one should test his own actions. Then he can take pride in himself without comparing himself to somebody else, for each one should carry his own load. So I tactfully shared that verse with her. It wasn't perfect. It was like, hey, this is kind of the principles of this verse because I hadn't had it perfectly memorized yet. Uh, but we, we had a great discussion about, well, what does actually God want us to do in this, this situation rather than solely determining our decision based off what others would think? Now, knowing what God has, has already said about how to live this life is crucial to living by the Spirit, to, to walking through Um, our life, knowing and applying what God has said. And knowing God's word, it actually helps us with the next way to live by the Spirit. So seed number two is to communicate with God in prayer. So prayer is essentially communicating with God. It's sharing things with him, asking him for things. It's communicating with God on any level about anything. So as, as we face decisions each day, we should be in communication with God and asking him for direction. James 1, 5 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. So God wants us to communicate with him, to to team with him. And the only way that we can walk in the Spirit is if we're actually communicating with him and and paying attention to what he's saying to us, acknowledging that, that he is there. Now, one thing that my wife and I have been challenged with throughout our relationship, um, both dating and in marriage, is just to not be on our phones all the time. Uh, especially when uh, we intentionally go out to eat at a restaurant, we try and leave, leave the phones in our pockets or purses and, 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 and not bring them out. Uh, but even, even when we're at home, it's real easy just to get on the couch and start doing the, the, the whole scroll thing. Now, since we've really tried not to be on our phones uh, whenever we go out to eat, it's very apparent to us how many people are on their phones whenever you go out into public. You know, there's, there's couples that are sitting at restaurants that are across from each other in totally different worlds. They're both on their phones doing something. There's kids in, in their family who are they're playing some game while their family's doing something else a, 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 a around the table. Now, they're, they're at a meal together, 
but they're nowhere near the same space mentally. They're there physically, but totally gone mentally and relationally. Now, this is actually a pretty good image of, of how we tend to treat the Holy Spirit. He is with us, but we are in a totally different world. It's, it's as if we're at lunch with him and, and we're on our phones, and he, he's there, but we don't communicate with him or relate with him at all. So living by the Spirit, actually walking with God through life, it's not just about having him by your side physically, but actually engaging with him and communicating with him. Any relationship that's, that's going to last, it, it must have communication. It's not just about walking through life together, but communicating through it as well. Now, if you're not sure where to start with prayer, I would just recommend to start with God's word. I was told this uh, a while back, and it's been really very helpful to me. So you, you know that God's words are true, and they're what, what God wants to have happen. So, for example, lately, uh, I've been praying Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 pretty often. So kind of right, right before I do something, I'll just um, I'll kind of say that verse and, and pray it back to God. So that the verse says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. So I'll just I'll say something like, God, you say to acknowledge you in all my ways, and you will make my path straight. So as I work on this project or as I make this decision, I want it to be in line with what you want. So please make my path straight. I trust you, and I commit it to you. Now, a couple things that does. One, it, it gives me words to say when often I, I can't think of what words should I say back to God. It's, it's a pretty simple prayer, um, but it also it gets my mind focused on doing my part on the job and helps me move forward trusting God with the outcome. So I, I do this actually pretty often before I get up here to sing. I did it right before I came up here. It's, God, I, I just want to be used by you. I've put work into this thing, but the outcome is ultimately up to you. So please make my path straight. I trust you. Now, this is just one way to, to start communicating with God through prayer. And God no, not only wants us to communicate with him and build our relationship with him, but with others also. So seed number three is seek godly counsel and friends. Now, we need other people who are trying to live by the Spirit in order for us to have a sane estimate of ourselves. We cannot accurately view ourselves by ourselves in isolation. Galatians 6, 1 through 3, it says, Brothers, if someone is caught in a sin, you who are spiritual should restore him gently. So look out for each other. Help each other overcome sin. Have people in your life that are farther ahead than you. And look to those that are younger in the faith to, to help them. But watch yourself, or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. I love the last part of that passage. If anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. So how is one to know if he is nothing, if he is all by himself? Now, one, one thing that I love to do is, is to surf. So I grew up here in Huntington Beach, and a lot of my life has been around the ocean. Now, if, if I only ever surfed by myself, I could say that I was a really good surfer. And I could even think I was a really good surfer, that I might even be the best. I could, you know, maybe exaggerate waves a little bit, say they were a few feet taller than they actually were, you know, but, but then if I go and paddle out 
at the south side of the Huntington Pier, I realize, oh man, I'm nowhere near the best and most definitely nowhere near the most competitive. So all of surfing with the Huntington Southside crew, and maybe a shot to my pride, it actually is a really good thing if I want to improve as, as a surfer. It keeps me accountable for, for telling stories how they actually were. And I see tons of examples of guys catching waves and doing things on them that I can't do currently. It challenges me to, to get better and to improve at surfing. So how could I improve if I don't even think that, that I need to? This same principle applies with having other people in our lives who are trying to walk with God. We shouldn't hide from people that are farther along than us. Instead, we should actually seek them out because they have wisdom and discernment to point out sin in our lives that we just we, we can't see currently. Getting around other people who are farther along than us, it, it motivates us to improve. So if you think you are something, watch out. Humble yourself and get around other people. Something I, I've found that's uh, really helpful in this area is to actually intentionally go and ask people and, and, and give them permission to give you input. And then ask them from time to time if they've observed anything in your life that may not be in line with, with what God would want. So as you seek people out for input, also realize that God has placed other people in your life to be that person that's farther along for them, helping them grow. As verse 3 said in Galatians 6, is carry each other's burdens. So don't, don't live with blinders on, just kind of focusing on what's going on in your world, but actually look up, look, look around, and speak up. Ask people how they're doing. If someone looks sad or you hear about something going on in, in someone's life, try to, try to be a help as, as best you can. The Holy Spirit often works through people. So be open to others' input, and then keep your eyes open to um, see the opportunities to be a help to others. Now the last seed, seed number four, is participate in the church. So it, it takes a team to accomplish the mission that God has for the church. And not just the, the church in general, but each specific church. So here at Seabreeze, there are hundreds of people that, that volunteer their time and resources to move God's mission forward. And part of walking in step with the Holy Spirit is for each one of us to play the role that God has given us in, in a local church. Now, a football team, it's not just made up of a bunch of quarterbacks or a bunch of offensive linemen. A, a team is made up of, of people in different roles doing different things because each role is needed to accomplish the purpose that the team has. The quarterback should not do the job of an offensive lineman, and he shouldn't train like an offensive lineman trains. Each person has a role and has a purpose on the team. The, the coaches, the players, the support staff, the owners, everyone. In, in a similar way, God has set up his church in a way that it functions as a team, re requiring many people to contribute uh, their time and resources in, in very different ways. So no matter what our role outside of the church is, in order to live by the Spirit, we must be a part of a team that is moving God's mission forward, playing our role. Now, you may be unemployed looking for a job, or you may own your, your, your own business. You may be poor or totally set financially. No matter what, you need to be a part of God's team, part of a local church playing the role that God has for you. 
whether it's helping put out chairs on the patio or making coffee or up here speaking on a Sunday or playing in, in, in the worship band, we all have a role to play and each role is vital. Galatians 6, 4 through 5 says, Each one should test his own actions. Then he can take pride in himself without comparing himself to somebody else. For each one should carry his own load. So make sure that your actions are in line with what God would want. Then evaluate yourself and ask God if, if what you're doing is what he really wants you to be doing. Spend your mental energy actually testing your, your own actions, not someone else's. The most common method of evaluating ourselves is comparison. But that's just honestly inadequate because people are not our standard. God is our standard. And he's given us a, a very specific load to carry. We, we all have a role to play, a load to carry, and there are different loads. Now, if you're not currently contributing to a local church, I would encourage you to, to get involved here at Seabreeze. You are here. God has you here for a reason. You're, you're sitting in that chair right now today for a reason. It's, it's not an accident that, that you're here. So try out getting more involved and being a part of this team. Volunteer on a team or connect with other people in a group. This is a crucial seed for you to, be, for you to plant to see God's blessing on your life and eventually reap a harvest that will last for all eternity. Galatians 6, 7 through 8 says, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. The one who sows to please his sinful nature, from that nature will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. So as you look forward into 2019, the, the choice is yours what, what seeds you will plant. Will you put your effort into things that will last for all of eternity? Or will you work for things that will fade away once this life is over? The choice is yours, but I encourage you to live to please the Spirit. Decide to plant seeds that will last. And I would, I would encourage you to, to take some time to evaluate yourself. What are your current patterns in using the Holy Spirit's resources? Do you spend time getting to know the language of the Spirit, the Bible, so that He can speak to you and direct your moment-by-moment -moment decisions? Do you pray and ask for God's help and direction, acknowledging him in your life? Do you have friends who are committed to Christ, who challenge you and, and encourage you? And then have you given other people that are, that are farther ahead in their walk with God permission to call you out if need be, to, to speak into your life? Are you currently contributing your time and resources to a local church to play the role that God has for you? Now, I challenge you just to, to pick one of those things and work on it this week. Move forward this year planting seeds that will lead to success according to God. Join me in prayer. God, we thank you uh, just for this time today that we got to reflect on these verses. And um, Lord, as we look uh, forward and move forward into 2019, uh, I just pray that you would be, uh, or that, that you would help us to, to not be deceived Lord, that we would take you seriously and that we would sow to, to please the Spirit. Holy Spirit, please um, just give us motivation and wisdom to apply your word to our lives, to uh, apply the Bible to our lives. Uh, let us never forget that uh, you are walking with us through life and you are there um, for us to, to communicate with and, and ask for help with. 
Lord, give us courage to uh, just seek people um, out and, um, Lord, also to, to, to speak into other people's lives, to be an encouragement to others. Lord, keep our eyes open to the opportunities uh, that you have in front of us. Lord, please clarify for, for each one of us what it is that you want us to do within uh, the, the local church um, and, and help us to, to be people of action, Father, not, not just intention. We, we love you, Lord, and uh, we ask all these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.